Good evening, the Parashat Korach. The Parashat Korach, we're going to learn the first six psukim of the Parashat Korach with Rashi. The first psukim says, starts with Vayikach Korach. And then the Farshim had some difficulty with that. First of all, who's Korach? I mean, where did he come from? You see that the Korach, the name Korach is explicated in the Pasuk, the son of Yitzhar, the son of Gahat ben Levi, that, that he's unknown. Korach ben Yitzhar ben Kahat ben Levi. The Torah gives us his pedigree, so to speak. Tells us who he is, because we don't know who he is. So about that, Rashi says, Vayikach Korach. Rashi kind of gives an introduction. It says, strangely enough, Parasha Zoyufeh Yafa Medreshet Vivedrash Rabbi Tanchuma. Now Rashi quotes the Tanchuma a lot. Uh, you could see that Rashi knew the Tanchuma Baalpeh. He goes through it line after line and paragraph after paragraph. And it's not at all a surprise that he quotes the Tanchuma from time to time. But in this case, in this case, Rashi says that this parasha, parasha zo, we don't know how much that is, how many psukim that is, but it's the story of Korach and his revolt against Moshe Rabbeinu. That story, Yafan Adreshet B'Medrash Rabbi Tanchuma. You know, as he says, in order to understand the Psukim, it's a good idea to learn, to learn the Tanchuma. That's what, that's what Rashi, that's what Rashi says. Just one minute, I'm trying to fix my, uh... no. Still haven't got it. Just a second. Just one second. I'll get it right. There I go. I think that's good. In any event, this is what Rashi says. Rashi says, you want to know what's really going on? In the parasha, well, you're not going to get it from the simple shot of the psukim. Uh, for some reason, maybe the Torah just didn't want to get involved in this sordid and unhappy story and tell us exactly what is going on. But the Tanhuma, this medrash called Tanhuma, will help us out. So then Rashi turns his attention to the words. And Rashi says, Vayikach Korach. Vayikach means uh, to take. To take. Vayikach. That's what the word means. But Rashi tells us, Lakach atzmo litzad echad. He took himself. Vayikach Korach means, you would think it meant, and Korach took, but it meant took something something else and uh, but it actually means 
Korach took himself. That's what Rashi says. He took himself to one side. Though as he had a side, he had a side. In order to separate himself from the assemblage, the community of Israel, he wanted to contest the priesthood. I mean, he was, after all, from the family of Levi. The family of Levi, part of the family of Levi, became Kohanim. Korach wanted also to get a portion of that portion. Right? He wanted to contest the priesthood. And Unculus, you know, is a Tanaitic source for Rashi. It goes back to the time of the Tanaim. Unculus was a Talmud of Rabbi Akiva. That's pretty pretty serious. Talmud of Rabbi Akiva. So he says, that he separated himself. He yeah. he contested it. Nechlak mishar He separated himself from the others in order to be part of this dispute. V'chein ma yikachachalecha is a pasuk. Is a pasuk in Eov. Uh, right, he separated himself in order to sustain the machloka, the dispute. And similarly, there's a posuk. Ma yikachacha Why does your heart take you? It means lakachotcha lafligecha misha'ar b'nei. Adam, why were you taking taking yourself away to separate yourself from the other uh, from the other persons in the in the world? He took the heads of the Sanhedrin. He took the heads of the Sanhedrin. The the uh, Knesset, the Knesset, uh, why you part from other people, therefore means he drew the heads of the courts who were amongst them to himself with words. He persuaded them to support him, Kach et Aharon, take Take Aaron and Kichu Imachem, take with you words. So that what Rashi says is, what Rashi teaches us is that the real, the 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 matter that uh, the pasuk is is speaking about when it says Vayikach Korach, that he took them with words. 
And this is the beginning, this is the real argument that is going to take place between Korach and Moshe Rabbeinu. After all, after Matan Torah, who is the master of the word? Who could speak in the name of God? Only Moshe Rabbeinu. And so the beginning of the conflict with Korach is, is according to Rashi, according to the Tanhuma, right? That he, he did it with words. He attacked Moshe Rabbeinu with the talent that Moshe Rabbeinu expressed. And we're going to see this again in the parish of Balak. Balak becomes another kind of attack against the power of words. Moshe uh, Korach exercised the power of words to draw others to him. When the others saw that there was another talented speaker, there was somebody else who had to be reckoned with. They went with him. I mean, we don't know why they went with him exactly. What was wrong with the with the Moshe Rabbeinu? Right? We don't know. But we now know what Vayikach Korach meant, at least according to Rashi. So we know that Korach was Ben Yitzhar, Ben Kahat, Ben Levi. He had a pedigree, and we had to give the pedigree because we didn't know who Korach was. Well, why did he take part? So the Rashi, Rashi says, ben It goes up to Levi. He could have said, Ben Levi, Ben Yaakov. I mean, after all, his famous great-great-grandfather was Yaakov, Lohizkir. He didn't write to the son of Yaakov because Yaakov bekesh rachamim al shimon. He became, he asked for mercy about his name, about the name Yaakov. And he, uh, uh, he, he, he prayed that his name should not be mentioned al-machluketam, in the dispute. He shouldn't be part of it. He shouldn't sort of say, because that would give too much credibility to, to Korach. Yaakov thought to himself as he was dying, years earlier, he said, I've got to avoid Korach being named the son of Yaakov, that he, uh, as it says, Bikahalam al This is what he said when he blessed his children, right? Do not uh, join my honor. Right? Don't honor me by connecting me to Korach. I don't want that. I don't want that honor. Where was? Yaakov's name mentioned in with regard to Korach when the Korach's descendants is, are listed Korach's descendants are, are, are listed in Dibrei Yamim. they're listed in Dibrei Yamim. The the Divrei Hayamim in the book of Divrei Hayamim, Shneimar Ben Aviasav Ben Korach Ben Yitzhar Ben Kahat Ben Levi 
Ben Yisrael. It doesn't say Ben Yaakov, but it says Ben Yisrael, and we know that Yaakov had two names, Yaakov and Yisrael, so that that the way he understands, the way Rashi understands Yaakov's request not to connect his name at some time or other, when they get together, don't include my name. That's what Yaakov said. He's talking about Korach. He's not talking about the list in Divrei Hayamim, which goes all the way to Ben Yisrael. Not talking about that, he's talking about Korach. So that's why here, even though we don't know who Korach is, and in the way of the of the, the books of the Tanakh, when you don't know somebody, you give him uh, his full lineage, right? And when you don't give a full lineage, there's also a reason for that. So we know in Megillat Esther, for example, we say, We don't know him, and we don't get any hints as to his lineage. And so Chazal said very early on, they said the reason, the reason that we don't get the hint as to his lineage is because he was a usurper to the throne. He was a usurper to the throne, and therefore he didn't have lineage. Okay, that's what, that's what, uh, and then it says in the Pasuk, besides Korach ben Yitzhak ben Kaz ben Levi, it said also Datan ba'aviram. Now, who are Datan ba'aviram? Who are Datan ba'aviram? Since Shevet Ruvain was encamped in the south, He was a neighbor to Kahat and his children, who also were on the southern side. Nishtatfuim Korach. They joined with Korach in his dispute. Oile Rosha, Oile Shreino. We know there's a principle. If, if you live with uh, Russia, you'll probably end up being a Russia yourself. And uh, I to reference the the movies about the mafia families. You're in the family, it doesn't matter how hard you try to get out, you won't be able to do it. So Rashi said, who's Korah? Who's Zatan Babiram? How'd they get into this? Why are they mentioned? We know there were hundreds of people involved in this revolt, hundreds, literally says at the end of the pursuit uh, uh, there were there were 250 who came along 250 regulars who came with Korach in his opposition to uh, in his opposition to Moshe Rabbeinu and uh, why was Datan Baviram mentioned in in particular Right, in particular. Then, so Rashi uh, uses the principle of Oyle Rashava, Oyle Shcheno, somebody who is a wicked person, a person who takes a bad position. That's the Russia. He will affect everybody around him. That's the danger of the Russia. It's not just that he does something wrong but that he's infectious like the virus. You have to watch out 
not only for the person who has been afflicted by those who are in his area, who surround him, because they're also suddenly liable to do you in. Then Rashi goes on. Rashi is having a wonderful time here. Rashi says, what was it? So here is something that's missing from the Torah. Glaringly re missing from the Torah. What, what, why did this happen? Who's Korach? What did he want exactly? Even though we've already uh, clarified We've clarified that there's an Euler Rosh of Shcheno aspect to this group, but it doesn't tell us how it all started. What was it that Korach, what did he want? Korach, and how did he get away with it? I mean, for a time he got away with it, and that's what Rashi is about to teach us. Rashi is about to teach us. He says, why did Korach decide Lachlogi Moshe? Why did he decide to have this dispute with uh, Moshe? So Rashi answers, He was jealous of the high uh, regard that was given to Elitzafan ben Uziel, who Moshe appointed as a Nasi, as a prince, over the sons of Korach, Al Pihadibur, by the word of God. I'm not sure that Raji is helping me much. He's, I understand Korach was jealous. But after all, we all admit that the appointment that Moshe Rabbeinu made, and Rashi says it, Rashi says, Al Pihadibur. Al Pihadibur means by the word of God. So that really what Korach was going to do was going to dispute. He's going to dispute with Moshe, but he's really disputing the word of God. And how did he do that? How did, I mean, we could assume that Korach was not a dummy. It was not somebody who just ran around as a bull in a China, in a China closet, as politicians have done subsequent to Korach. But this was Alpi Hadibur. Korach said, Rashi, Rashi says, Achi Arba Arba Achi Arba Arba you father, father, there were four brothers. And that it says, Ubedei Kahat, Amram, Yitzhar, Hebron, and Uziel. Right? They, those were the four, those were the four brothers. It's listed in Shemot. Says Abraham Bachor, Amram was the firstborn, Nitalush Nebanav, Gedula, his two sons were great. One was the king, right? This is an important point. Moshe Rabbeinu is the king. Vechad, his brother Aaron, he became the high priest. Mira Uili Toletashmiya, so who is? the person who should take the next position of greatness, that of the Nesiha Kohanim, the prince of the Kohen. Is it not I? After all, I am the son of Yitzhar. 
שהוא שני לאמרם, אמרם יצר, first אמרם בן יצר. And he, Moshe, appointed as a prince the son of the younger brother, and therefore I will dispute with him. I will argue, I will deny it. And I will do away with his position, and this is all in the Tanchuma. So we see, we see that that implicit here is a real argument. It's true Moshe Rabbeinu is Moshe Rabbeinu. It's true that the greatest words belong to Moshe Rabbeinu. It's true that that uh, that uh, uh, Korach could not probably compete with Moshe Rabbeinu. Could not possibly compete with Moshe Rabbeinu. But according to the Tanchuma that's quoted by Rashi, what was Korach's argument? How did he get to the argument? How was it he wasn't afraid of trying to undermine Moshe Rabbeinu's appointments and get them for himself? How is that possible? How is that possible? So the answer is this. Korach said to himself, said to himself, some things are explicitly stated, and even though it says it says in the in the Tanhuma, it says in the Tanhuma Al Pihach Al Hashem. One second. Al Pihadibur. That's al pihadibur. Does that mean that God explicitly told Moshe Rabbeinu, told Moshe Rabbeinu who to appoint, and that he did what God told him, or might we say, or might we say uh, that when he, uh, yeah, Korach said, Korach said, Achi Abba Abba you, my father had had three brothers, four, there are four brothers including him, right, Shene'emar, and it quotes the Pasuk, Amram, etc. So he says, after Amram received the honor of having Moshe and Aaron, who should get the next, the next one? I should. So that means Korach's argument was that, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Moshe Rabbeinu the authority to appoint these people. And even though it's Alpiha Dibur, it's Alpiha Dibur in general, but it's not Alpiha Dibur specifically, do this or do that. And so Korach said that the appointing of or the giving out of jobs or the giving honors to the brothers, right, that's something that Moshe Rabbeinu had to figure out on his own. So I, Korach, thinks he figured it out wrong. And I have an argument of oldest brother, Amram, had two sons who reached, who got to glory, and I should get the next one, right, Korach ben Yitzhar. I should get the next uh, glory, even though, so Moshe Rabbeinu gave it out, and it was what we call al Dibur, but the argument of Korach was that it wasn't really al Dibur. It's only that God gave Moshe Rabbeinu the right to make the decision. But then he had to make it based on some sort of chokmah. And he, he, according to Korach, he made, he made a mistake. 
He made a mistake. So he says, uh, what did Korach do? This is a continuation of the Rashi. The continuation of the Rashi comes up to Tanchuma, Amadritanas. He rose up. He gathered together. Matayim Chamishim Rashi San Hadrin, 250 heads of the various courts. Ruban Mishavit Ruvain Shechenav, most of which came from the tribe of Ruvain. Vehem Elitzur, Ben Shedeu Bechavirav, and they were Elitzur, the son of Shedeu, Bechayotse, and like him, Shinemar, Nisie Eidar, Priemo Eid. It's like says that the Pharaoh that he collected these important people, Ulahalan Hu Omer, and therefore it says, Elek Pru Ehaida. These are the ones that Moshe Rabbeinu assembled together. This is also in the Tanchuma. This end is very important. Very important that the, what the Tanchuma says. This he dressed them in Talitot. Right? And they were entirely dyed Tchelet. The color Tchelet which Ba'u uh, uh, they came and they stood before Moshe Rabbeinu Amrulo. They set him talit shekuloshel techelet, a cloak that is entirely made of techelet. Techelet is a color, is a dye. Chayevet betzitzit. The answer on tzitzit. The halacha is that tzitzit need one strand of techelet, just one string in the in the tzitzit in each bundle. That's made of trevet. Here they showed up with a talit that was kulo trevet. A talit that was kulo trevet. He said to them, Moshe Rabbeinu said to them, He is obliged. They started to laugh at him and said, Efshar. He said, Efshar. Efshar, one second. Efshar. Is it possible? Talit min acher, a different talit. If you have one string of trelet, that's enough. He said, this, this one, shekula trelet, isn't it? It doesn't make sense that it would not, in, uh, it would not potter itself. It wouldn't be enough. It doesn't make any sense. So here you have, here you have the essence of the story. The Chazal wanted to tell us what could Moshe, could Korach have possibly said to Moshe Rabbeinu that would have produced a response of Moshe Rabbeinu like, I don't know, I can't do it, I can't help it. If you look, if you look further on at the Pasuk, uh, Pasuk Vav, uh, just one second. Yeah, Pasuk, I'm sorry, Pasuk Dalit. Vaishma Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu heard, the, heard what Korach and his people said, and he fell on his face. What do you mean, fell on his face? Fell on his face is the way the Torah says, and he didn't know what to say. He didn't have an answer for that. He didn't have an answer for Korach. I mean, Korach is winning. Until HaKadosh Baruch intervenes, Korach is winning. So how could he possibly be, be winning? I understand that he wanted to he wanted to have glory and honor, and he thought he deserved the glory and the honor. But why would the would that 
Why would that stay in Moshe Rabbeinu? Why would Moshe Rabbeinu see that as a problem? So the Gemara, the Tanchuma, goes on to explain, well, you have to remember, this is what they actually did. There was a show and tell at the same time that they were having this discussion and arguing. There was a show and tell, show and tell by, uh, by Korach Adato against Moshe and Aaron. Now, what was the show and tell? They came with Talitot, Kulot Cheret. It sounds like an irrelevancy. The Torah says, you have a talis. The talis has four corners. The four corners, each corner should have strings of it on it, tied in knots, so that it doesn't come off its part of the talis. And that one of those strings, you have uh, four big ones and eight, you know, fold it over, make eight, and one of them, one of them, I don't know how much of the one of them, that is a, that's itself a halachic, uh, halachic issue. One of them has to be tcheles. So how much tcheles do you have in a talis of tcheles? Very little. Very little. And that's good. That makes a good talis. We wear talisim and mitzitzes that don't have any tcheles, even though there's an attempt to rejuvenate the mitzvah of tcheles in our times. I wouldn't say that they're not successful because they do sell a lot of uh, the new kind of tcheles. Tcheles was an issue once. Rav Herzog the regional Rebbe. Uh, but today, but in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu and Korach, it was clear. One string in each corner takes care of the problem. Along comes Korach, and he brings taletot that are entirely blue. The whole thing was, was, was made in a factory how they did that, I mean, doesn't, we don't know. But what was it that, that Korach said? What did Korach say to them? He said, if one works, so a million should certainly work. That was the argument of, 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 uh, of Korach. If one works, then a million should work. So we have a name for that kind of argument. We have a name, it's called Kalvachoma. He came and he said, if one works, so a million would certainly work. Now we know, everybody knows, you know, these midot, Torah which uh, you could say every morning when you daven, because they're in the Siddur. The brighter, the brighter of the Yud Gimel Midos is in the Siddur. And the first uh, one of the midot is Kalvachomu. Now, if you learn, if you learn, go through this material a lot, you learn that there's a basic difference between the Kalvachomer and all of the other Midot. There are 13, Rabbi Yishmael, 13 Midot. The Kalvachomer is different than all the other Midot. Zera Shava, Klalu Pratu Klalu Prat, all of those things, all of those things are different than Kalvachomer. How are they different? A Kalvachomer is logical. A Kalvachomer is logical. It means, who decides what's Kalva, what's Chomer? I do. I do, and I can do it. You see in the Gemara that somebody said, oh, there's a Kalvachomer. That's a Kalvachomer. But I can't, I can't say Zerah Shabbat. 
I can't make up a Zerashava. is a tradition. It comes from in the tradition of learning a Zerashava. So remember, there's a difference. Kalvachomer, anybody can make up who's logical and reasonable. And uh, other other ones you can't, because uh, if it's for example a gzera shava, a gzera shava, you can't you, you can't say kicho kicho on your own. You can't patskin a shaila from a gzera shava unless it's a specific tradition of learning, and then you and then you could use the gzera shava. So it turns out there's only one midah, which is logical. And because it's logical, you, anybody can do it. If, if he's a person of logic, other people will agree with him. and say, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds logical. Right? So along came Korach, and he said, let's do something that fits into the Chalva idea. Because the Kalva Chomer is the level playing field. Moshe Rabbeinu can do it, and we can do it. It's all, we're, we're equal. We're equal when it comes to Kalva Chomer. So Moshe, so Korach came and said, if one string is uh, is enough, so certainly uh, a totally blue talent should certainly be enough. So then the people, the people said to Moshe Rabbeinu, what do you say? So Moshe Rabbeinu knew the halachas. He said, no, it's, it's, you need just one strand. The, the, the fact that there's, it's all blue doesn't matter. So that means that the people became the judges of the Kalvachoma. The people were the judges of the Kalvachoma. So the people said, well, Moshe Rabbeinu's wrong. It's a good Kalvachoma because they knew that people were allowed to decide about a Kalvachoma. That's why the Gemara always says, Ein on shin min hadin. Ein on shin min hadin. What does that mean? That if somebody makes a Kalvachomer, it says not only is A osur, but A plus is osur. So if they do that, if, if they do that, we have a, 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 another principle, Ein on shin min hadin. You can't punish somebody who is over an Isser that comes from a Kalvachoma. Why not? Why can't you why can't you punish somebody when it comes from a Kalvachoma? So the answer is because when it comes to a Kalvachoma, it's based on everybody knows that logic is faulty. You may something that you may say something today that you think is logical, and you'll find out next week, next year, sometimes that it's not so logical. There are other things that you have to include. If it's a if you if you learned from your Rebbe a Xera Shava, so Xera Shava is not affected by logic. The Xera Shava is not logical. It's just true. So if it's true, it'll remain true. It's not going to change. So Kiho Kiho throw that you can be Makadish a woman with Kesev, right? So that's it. You can be Makadish a woman with Kesev. There's no, nothing will ever change. Nothing will change that. But a Kalvachomer, we're worried. Even though we accept the idea that the Kalvachomer is true, it may be that in some future time, the people will discover that, it's, that it may not be true. 
And so, ain't onshim in adin. If you you could paskin the shaila according to the the judgment of the kalvachomer, but you can't punish the person because you might find out, might find out later on that you're wrong. So along comes Korach, and Korach says, "How can we beat Moshe Rabbeinu? I can't beat him on Torah. I can't beat him on Torah. He knows the Torah perfectly. I can't beat him on whatever God told him." Because he knows what God told him better than anybody else, and we have no reason not to believe Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, how am I going to beat? How will I beat Moshe Rabbeinu? So, first of all, he said that the appointment of the heads of the courts and the heads of the tribes is a command from God, but the actual appointment is Moshe Rabbeinu's. He does the appointment. The second thing that he said is, I can't beat him on Torah. I can't beat him on Torah, but I can beat him with a Kalvachoma. Because a Kalvachoma was given to everybody equally. And that's why that story is so important. And there's one other story, very similar. Always a problem. There's another there's another story in the Tanhuma which is similar. They say that uh, they said to Moshe Rabbeinu, every house has to have a mezuzah. What if the house is filled with books, with Torah, with the Sefer Torah? Every Sefer Torah has the parish of mezuzah in it. So if you have a house filled with with uh, uh, with Sifrei Torah, do you have to put a mezuzah on the doorpost? So that's again the same idea of a Kalvachoma. We say that Moshe Rabbeinu, we say to Moshe Rabbeinu, look, uh, what's wrong with my Kalvachoma? You have no books in the house, no Sifrei, no Sifrei Torah, so I put a mezuzah on the door. But if I have hundreds of Sifrei Torah in the, in the room in the house, so why should I put out a, make a mezuzah? So Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, no, you have to make a mezuzah. So the Korah said, look, this is a Kalvachoma issue. And on a Kalvachoma issue, I can, I can argue with you. I can disagree with you, Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's why, because Moshe Rabbeinu was being beaten by the principle that he taught B'nai Yisrael about the Kalvachoma. He taught it to them. And they used it as a weapon. They used it as a weapon against him. Rashi goes on.
you see, quotes the Tan Aviram. The Tandu Aviran and On Ben Pelet, the son of Pelet, who was okay. So that's Rashi. So Rashi has taught us. Rashi taught us that 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 Korach tried to take the word and use it as a weapon against Moshe Rabbeinu. What was the word we see at the end? It was the word of Torah, the words of Torah that they had learned. They couldn't beat Moshe Rabbeinu on Torah, Torah, because Moshe Rabbeinu knew it better than they did, but they could beat Moshe Rabbeinu, or they thought they could beat Moshe Rabbeinu on Torah that was invented, Kalva Homer Torah, Torah that didn't exist for Matan Torah, because that's what Kalvachomer is. It's what you think about and what you create, what you create along along the way. Okay, we have to pasuk bet. Up to pasuk bet. That was a kind of a, a little bit of an enterprise. It's good to get to the next pasuk. It's good to get to the next pasuk. The pasuk says, "V'yakumu l'fnei Moshe, v'yakumu." They rose up before Moshe, and Hashem Yisrael Yisrael Chamishim Matayim, 250. But these 250 were quality people, the princes of the collective, of the, of the community, Kriyemo Eid, and Sheshem. Kriyemo Eid, right, the ones that were summoned to be part of the collective group and she said people who had a name they were renowned they were renowned okay so Rashi look at Rashi Rashi is quiet on this pasuk right go up to pasuk Kimo they got together with Moshe and Aaron by Yamulim, Rablachem. Rablachem. You've taken too much to yourself. All of the community, they assemble. They're all Kedoshim, they're all holy. Well, we know why Lavatit Nasu. Because they were more important than everybody else. God spoke to Moshe, and sometimes God spoke to Moshe and Aaron. And there was a time even when God spoke to Aaron. So we didn't really have to answer that question. But with the Tanchumo, the question means, look, you taught us Torah, a lot of Torah. We're very grateful for that. But we also can, can teach Torah. We can talk about the the, the talits. We can talk about the house full of Sifrei Torah, like we have right now. In our house, we have the Sefer Torah. So, again, Rav Lachem, you took too much, too much glory to yourself. And then you say, Kulam Kedoshiva, you're all, all holy. You all heard the words at Sinai. 
from the Almighty. So, so again, Rav Lachem ki kol kedoshim. Why should you take all this all this glory for yourself? Because we all are Torah teachers. We all have to teach Torah even without Moshe Rabbeinu. And in order to say stop this uh, talking about Korach and uh, and Rashi and the Tanhuma, before we come to an end, I just want to make I want to make this point. That there is a, a, a these parashiot starting with Baalotcha, and that's in the Ramban that I that I wanted you to look at. But uh, if you have a chance, you'll do it on your own. The Ramban starting from Baalotcha, Shlach, Korach, Chukas, Baloch, right? All these parashiot can be labeled disengaging from Moshe Rabbeinu. The question that they were all thinking about was, what would we look like, we Am Yisrael? What are we going to look like going into Eretz Canaan without the leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu? And what is going to take the place of his leadership? It doesn't mean who's the person. We know the person is Yoshua Binun, But does he have the moral and uh, clear-minded uh, ability for leadership. I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu is a hard act to follow. So it would seem that these various various uh, events indicate that uh, we're going to get over Moshe Rabbeinu. We're going to be able to do the right thing without his leadership. We're going to be able to squash the attempt of future Korachs to deny the leadership of the future Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's what these parashiyot substantially are about. Okay, have a good Shabbos. All the best. Be well. See you after the coronavirus leaves us.